Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 18 of the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Christian, and if you're listening to this, you're officially in the month of October. We did it. We're spooky. We're here. I'm drinking a pumpkin beer. I'm going to shove a pumpkin out my ass after this. So let's just get into it so I can get to that pumpkin. Today's guest, we're sitting with the one, the only, Johnny B. Morbid. What's going on? child experiences everything that the mother experiences <laughs> did, did it freeze again or were you just chilling yeah, yeah it froze oh my god all right full disclosure we're having some technical difficulties so if this episode seems a little choppy it's because went to the editing booth and fixed it up a bit it's it's raining and all this shit and you know mercury's a retrograde and it's really fucking with us right now bullshit <laughs> <laughs> how you doing and thanks for for doing this despite the uh technological hardships we are facing right now <laughs> it's totally okay we're gonna make it through we're gonna have fun all right good <laughs> so let's <laughs> our time is limited though so let's get into it <laughs> while i see you on the screen who are you what do you do <laughs> um well I was, I guess, for a long time, Johnny B. Morbid, um, a part of the scene from, my God, to... The neighbors talk about him like he's some kind of a fan of the old... Because I did another project called Atomic Werewolf. But, uh, yeah, I started playing out really young, even before um, I was in the doing Johnny B. Morbid and stuff. But, uh, I don't know, just a musician from Jersey trying to make you know quote unquote make it i guess and uh and now, <laughs> and now and now i don't do that now i just uh i don't know i just try to get hired to do murals of of powder on um <laughs> like revival projects like some kind of a family secret what's your name and no one hires me because it's not really in demand I mean, people people need to learn to appreciate powder. It's fucked up. I know. It's, I know. We, <laughs> we appreciate powder. <laughs> but yeah, that was a that was a terrible answer. I don't know. I I um I used to <laughs> I used to I'm dumbing it down. But let I, let me give you like a real answer. I guess I started playing out in 2002, 2001, 14, 15 years old. Uh, started in like a cover band with a couple friends. Then I was a drummer of a band called Cultivate the Grave with um, uh, someone, you, a band you probably had heard of at, at some point, um, Scarlett Carson, the singer Santino. He was the singer of my first band. So we fast forward a little bit. I played in some metalcore bands and, and shit like that in the early 2000s. And then I started doing this thing called Johnny B. Morbid, which was just a solo project in the vein of the Misfits, who, you know, they, they've always been one of my if one of my favorite bands, if not my favorite band. And I, I just wanted to do something for myself, just on the side for fun. Uh, and you know, it was a, it was a friend of mine that asked me if I would want to do it live. It wasn't my idea. So we, we did that and yeah, we started out as like kind of a, just a shitty, shitty myth. 
this kind of sucks, but we were having fun. <laughs> oh, you have the most advanced intellect in the history of humankind. We got better, and then I, I was able to write better eventually, and, and then I stopped, um, what's the right word? I stopped restraining my own creativity and limiting myself to like punk rock, and I started doing whatever the hell I wanted to do. And it drifted very, very far away from the roots, I guess. And it turned into, I don't know, maybe some sort of punk rock, black metal by the end of the road. You know, after I threw in towel with trying to be more of it in 2016, I, I talked to some friends of mine and we revived this old side project idea that was from 2008 called Atomic Werewolf, and for lack of a better term, it was a super group of not super people. You know? <laughs> uh, like, you know, people who, who accomplished a lot on a small scale, I guess. Yeah. So it's not like I'm not talking like damn Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so it was like a, a, a mishmash of like seven of us it was like the <laughs> it's like the real world for yeah. a metal product it was like um like i don't know so it was me kyle uh who had played with me forever he was also like the best man at my wedding um you read minds too so he he was in a band before Johnny B. Morbid called The Concubine, which was like a, my God, like a mathcore technical death metal band, I guess. So, and they were on, I can't remember what label they were on, but they were, you know, they had some momentum for sure in like the, the early, well, like 2008, maybe something around there, 2007. Uh, so he, he's a, he, he was a huge asset to the Atomic Werewolf Project. And uh, so it was like me, him, a dude from a pirate-themed thrash band called Swashbuckle, uh, Pat, who is uh, a bass player virtuoso. It's it's insane, man. That dude, I can't even really describe it. If you've never seen them play, go see him. It's it, it's they're fucking fantastic. And uh, this dude TB from a horror punk band called Blitzkid. He was a part of it. Uh, there was a metalcore band called Summer's End in the early 2000s. We had one of, he was a former member. We had him involved. Uh, there was a band called Beyond the Flesh in Jersey for a long time. And we had one of those guys on board. So it was just like a big mishmash of all these like metal, punk, thrash, death metal dudes. And um, yeah, we put together this collaborative effort called atomic werewolf and we we released that in 2020 and since then i don't really think i've done anything creatively it was such a horrible project that it drained all of us of of our ambition and <laughs> <laughs> well no that's not entirely true uh i did release like a okay I released, quote unquote, 
I uploaded a song to fucking YouTube. That's me <laughs> releasing. That's me releasing a single. <laughs> I mean, that's how. That was the way we always used to do it. Now well, you... I just, I, I, I have such a, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm so, I'm so fucking negative. I really am, and and I just hate. I hate when people like suck their own dicks and they're like, yeah, we released this fucking single, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, you fucking didn't. You didn't. You uploaded an MP3 to YouTube. You didn't fucking release this. So, so let's just say what it is. I uploaded a new song <laughs> to YouTube so that 16 people could hear it. And um, it's not bad. Uh, um, uh, it's part of on that I, I hope to release. Uh, it'll be the first thing under the Johnny B. Morbid banner since a single that i actually released uh 2020 which was uh it was really a gift for my wife that's what it was at the time and then um and then now so i'll be doing like a an ep like five or six songs probably five originals hopefully one cover i always like to do a cover on all my albums or releases or whatever i love doing that shit I'm still like, because I'm like an, I guess, an elder millennial, right? So, why you look like that? Bonus tracks and secret tracks and shit like that. So, I always like throwing on a cover song as like the the unlisted track on something. (laughs) That's one thing I love about your shit is the cover songs you choose. Salute your shorts, (laughs) real American. uh, Of course, can't go without saying as the worm, uh, as the worm turns. Thanks. Say no more, dude. That was that was one of my favorites, actually. I think every oh my god, doing that was so much fun. It really hey. was, and and Faith No More is so underrated, and spreading awareness about them as much as I love swearing, uh, spreading awareness about powder. <laughs> uh, I'll never forget that. You know, the Brighton Bar I always say was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It's I the, like Brighton, totally. man. I never had a problem with Brighton Bar. I, I always really enjoyed myself there, whether I was attending or playing. We, um, we always sure. did, too. But it was one of those things I was just like, there were so many times I was like, oh, fuck, gotta go to the Brighton tonight. <laughs> but one of the best well, moments I ever had there. There, was, Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. But oh, you're good. It, it froze up a bit. Oh, that's what it was. All right. Yeah. The, the worst thing about the Brighton was the bathroom. Oh God! Because it's it was like raised <laughs> up. It was like raised up on a step, and the door didn't reach the ceiling or the floor. It was like a weird saloon door in front of the <laughs> toilet. <laughs> and so, if you had to like do your business, you were just looking over the top of the saloon door at people peeing. <laughs> and, and, and it didn't help that it faced. The uh, it faced the door. So the moment you yeah. open the door, you just see these eyes taking a <laughs> shit, looking at you. Yeah, <laughs> great I'll... design, wonderful design. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite moments there was though the show you guys played with uh Chuck. When oh, uh, R.I.P. When he joined you on stage and you fucking did the cover together. That was that was like easily top three one of the best moments i've ever seen like really? like a look yeah that oh. was and i'm sitting there the whole time i'm like i know that dude right th- up there's got the biggest fucking boner right now i'm like he's so <laughs> happy <laughs> and chuck that killed was, it 
It was so. I good. know he did. So, he did so great because we weren't sure, you know, what kind of Chuck we were going to get that night. He was all about it and um, super excited about it. But it was like leading up to it. It wasn't. It wasn't just like a hey man, what do you think about this? It, it was like kind of a process. Like he, I sent him every Faith No More cover we had, which was as the worm turns and song and and we care a lot i sent all of them to him uh via facebook messenger and he listened to all of them and he's like yeah let's do worm song he'd always just refer to it as worm song what's we'll do worm song he's like but he's like i want to get in touch with billy from you know the basis of faith no more he's like I, I need to get in touch with billy and get his blessing and I was like, to the heart. he just couldn't see what he was doing. So I helped him. He lays his hand on the deer. Be okayed. You know, so like that shit was, was on like Billy Good's radar. Yeah. <laughs> <That's crazy>. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. So yeah, it was done with, with much respect and honor to the original. And, and, and we had Billy's blessing to do it. It was fucking, that's crazy to me. And um, yeah, he he fucking killed it, and uh, it's it's a it's a career highlight, man. It's a life highlight of mine. Being there in the crowd, for like, oh my god, this shit's happening. This is awesome, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I just I look back, I'm like, that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Because it's like you know, playing the Brighton. It's how many bands have you know played shows with there and stuff. It's like yeah. opening for people. Never have I seen one of the opening bands get joined by the touring, like bigger mm-hmm. name and do it, do one of their songs together. So it's like seeing that in action, also being, you know, being an awesome song that I love and like, you know, talking to you about being like Faith No More fans and stuff. And yeah. Having yeah. it happen. I, I had no clue. You didn't tell me shit. You left me in the dark. <laughs> Well, I, all I kept posting was, I was like, hey, make sure you're there. Show up. Don't be one of those fucking people that say, oh, man, I should have been. Oh, you should have been there. I should have been there. Don't tell me that shit when you see the pictures tomorrow. Like, I said all that, like, <laughs> posting it publicly leading up to that night. Like, <laughs> just make sure you come out. Don't fucking say you should have been there. <laughs> yeah. There was, There's a video, too, I believe, right? Yeah, you have a full yeah. video of it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, that's. I guess that's the kind of shit that you can put on the roster of you were talking atomic werewolf, you know, all local kind of, you know, underground people, but with their own list of accomplishments, that's one of them along yeah, with you, it's, you've released uh, what eight albums, 10 albums, seven, seven, seven. Yeah. Seven independently. You're frozen. You're on my screen. <laughs> all I see is your face looking off in the distance. Uh... I need your help. She so, oh, oh, I see his face. What the? Come to take her home. Johnny B's network bandwidth is low. <laughs> the way your face froze. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know what audio is going to be salvaged from this, but I'm going to do my fucking best. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Oh, no. I don't care. As he said, it was the friggin' the airport and the settlers setting up shitty bandwidth on your Wi-Fi and yeah, the well, odds are really against us. We have um, 
I can't even remember what our provider is here. I think it's like McDonald's. Oh, that goddamn Ronald McGoddamn Donald. Yeah, McDonald's Wi-Fi. It clogs your arteries. Where, where, where are we at? My God. Um, We were talking about Show What Chuck. We were talking about uh, oh, albums. Yes. Uh, you released yes. seven albums. Yeah, seven independently. of them. Independently. Yeah. Um, right. I said th- the first three were recorded in the basement of my mother's house. Like, I recorded and mixed the first three um unless i'm sorry the first four what am i talking about the first four (laughs) five (laughs) the first five the first five the first five albums were recorded in the basement of my mother and then the fifth one we got mixed um by jeff was from all right (laughs) From uh, End of an Era. He did uh, my first band. He did our demo. He did my first band, too, back in the day. That's why I always stuck with him throughout the years. He was, <laughs> not to go off on a tangent, but when I was in my first band uh, with Santino, Jeff was in a band called Entropy. And just starting the early early stages of you know a home studio it was it was just his computer and you know the garage that's what it was the repertoire and his gear and an actual facility and everything i reached out to him to to mix um our the fifth johnny b morbid album uh monsterpiece he's he was always very consistent man his stuff was always great anything he was pumping out whether it was his own stuff or mixing producing other people's shit it was always quality stuff to me he did scarlet carson albums he did i don't know if you remember the man with dynamite hands oh yeah i remember that band name how can you forget that one (laughs) (laughs) but he recorded he recorded a lot of their stuff too man he he always really i don't know i thought his stuff was pretty damn close if not right at industry standard quality jeff wallace was a fucking monster in the studio he was great i don't know what the hell if he still does that stuff now i haven't really talked to him in a while but yeah I, hey, I, uh, I think the last time i saw him was randomly at like foobar in bayville oh god yeah but that that was like seven years ago <laughs> or something I, I saw them on the boardwalk a few years ago. They played like some reunion show in October of, my God, I don't know, 2017, 2018. I don't remember when it was. 2019? It's probably 2018. They were, it was like a reunion show. Like Justin came back out and played bass. And yeah, that's the last time I saw him, I think. Like Black Tooth Grin played. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy because, like, with uh, stitches, like I played like Brighton Bar with you before, and yeah. I'm I'm looking up. I have like my first show flyers from Weartown Fire Hall hanging up. Yes. It's, it's memories. It's like this is this is where you started, and I'm looking at one from March of 2010, and Bob's on it. End of an era we played, and who is on it? Johnny B. Morbid. <laughs> we didn't even talk we didn't even talk to each other then little did That's we know funny, we're powder man. fans like we, we really, 
only played the Weartown Fire Hall maybe once or twice. Shit. We really didn't play there very often. Yeah. We didn't play south, like South very often. Yeah. Because there's, it's kind of like, unless it's like a VFW situation or something like they're a fire hall, it's like there's really nowhere to play down there. There were a couple venues in Atlantic City, like the Boneyard we used to play once in a while, and Le, Le Grand Fromage. Le Grand Fromage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never, we never got, we didn't play South a lot. It was like Weartown maybe twice ever, and we some church in Lacey uh, once. <laughs> a church in Lacey? Yeah. Shit. Church in Lacey. We played with like, uh, it, it could end tomorrow. And it was, God, I can't remember who else was on that show. But yeah, it was, it was like all those, all those dudes, that part of the scene, the Southern Ocean County I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I n- never had a name for it. I was just like, man, it's me and all these other rock stars just playing a fucking <laughs> fire hall on a Friday night. <laughs> it was a good time. It's like, that's one thing I miss, too. It's like, you know, y- you were, uh, you know, being from this area and shit and everything. Like, it's just, you look now and it's like, even the places to play as an adult, are disappearing let alone the shit for like teenagers to play like being a te- being a teenager in a band right now i can't even imagine that shit like where town fire hall was great it was right in town for all of us yeah you know we'd have our parents drive us then some of us got licensed and would pick up the other bandmates usually a good turnout depending whose parents wanted to drive their kids to a fucking fire <laughs> hall <laughs> drop them off but like, yeah, it was good, man. Any any show like that was always good. And I, I used to book some once in a while. I would book some shows at a fire hall in Belmar. Uh, mostly in like 2008. We played there quite a bit. 2007, 2008. Getting into like 2010. I, um, same kind of deal, you know. And the VFW shows in, in Brick when I was really young those are awesome too and then it's like at some point it all got stopped you know like the fire hall didn't want that quote-unquote element anymore or and then the same thing happened with the vfw in bricktown they just didn't they're just like nah it's it's too much whatever i don't know and then and then you left to doing pay pay to play yeah (laughs) <laughs> oh man, you you could open up for the lead singer a lit. You got to sell fifty tickets at thirty bucks a pop on a Tuesday. <laughs> I, I, I people probably hate. Do you think I'm ugly? I think you're the most beautiful face I've ever seen. Hello. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> <laughs> the pictures I'm getting of how it freezes on you. Yeah, it's good now. Back. It's me. Me. Good. <laughs> oh, man, every time this happens, oh, uh, yeah, why I think my peers probably would disagree or, or hate me for saying this, but uh, I never had a problem with pay to play. I mean, yeah, I have a problem with it, but not enough of a problem to have ever let it stop me from having an opportunity. I didn't yeah. give a fuck. My thing was. 
I'm going to do it all. I'm going to do, I'm going to sell tickets. I'll play at VFWs. I'll pay, play at fire halls. We, in our time, in our 11 years as a band, we played at three, three sweet 16. That's what I'm saying. We played anything. We didn't give a fuck. We just wanted, we wanted to break through at some point. And it just never, and it, we came close once, uh, we, I was talking to a dude from Roadrunner in 2009, and he was like, "Okay, I'm gonna come out and see you guys play with the Misfits or whatever at Starland Ballroom." I was like, "Okay, cool." And uh, he got there after our set. Oh, he got there after we played. I still keep in touch with him. He's he's a cool dude, and what's funny is like he always said our our problem or my problem because i write everything i guess it's not it was not nothing about it was cohesive there would be a pop punk song and a a death metal song and i'm just like yeah i get it but then like why are you interested yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's that's the shit that's good though the stuff that isn't co- i mean me personally i love stuff that's not cohesive like I like always trying to turn people's heads so yeah. that they hear they hear a, a pop punk song and then we we bust out some you know death metal type stuff and I to me it never worked out this way but to me that would be more impressive than someone who just does one thing all the time it's like, which is fine that's I obviously that's a that's a normal fucking band a band that yeah. plays one type of music all of the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was just trying to set myself apart somehow. And I figured, well, I've been in metal bands all my life. I've been in punk bands all my life. I'm going to fuse the two without being called a crossover band. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I did it. And for better or worse, I guess it got attention, but not enough attention. And by the time, by the time I put out the final album, that dude messaged me, and this was six years after the fact. And and he messaged me. He's like, "This is what I'm talking about." He's like, "This is totally cohesive." He's like, "It's fucking." I'm like, "All right, well." Come on, man. Draw it up. Let's fucking <laughs> let's sign some papers, dude. Come yeah. on, let's go. <laughs> but he wasn't he wasn't working working with them anymore. Uh, so it's not, it's not a big deal. I don't really fucking care anymore. If someone came to me, that's cool. I'd be like, yeah, sure. All right, let's do it. But I'm I'm so far past the point of directing all of my energy to that kind of shit anymore. I did it. I did it. I really, really did it too. I did, man. Like the, the touring vehicle, the van like that we had. That was, that was my van. Like that was my personal vehicle. Yeah. And, you know, I wrote all the songs. I paid for all the merchandise. I booked all the shows. I booked all the tours. There was nothing more that I could do without any kind of further, like outside representation. Yeah. And uh, we just never, we never broke through that ceiling. And all, all, all I really would have liked to happen for that project would to, to have been to just be on like a national tour, supporting 
like a, I don't know, guar or like strung out or somebody, any, somebody, yeah. bad religion, someone, anyone would have been really cool. But uh, I don't know. We just never, I even tried to do buy-ons, man. I tried to do, I got contacted managers from from bands and labels and just like, what, you know, what do you got coming up, man? We, do you guys do buy-ons? Like that was, that was my final effort. That was the last thing I tried to do right before, right. Like leading up to the end. Yeah. I was like, if I can't, this is, uh, this is the only thing I never tried. So whatever, I don't give a fuck. I'll, swallow my pride and shit it out i really don't care i don't fucking care because at the end of the day do you want the opportunity or or don't you do you want to do it or do you not want to do it and i was always willing to put in the work and do everything i had to do to make shit happen and i always did yeah so let's try this and um you know it was we never, there was never like a thing we could, we could buy onto. There was no tour that was offering it or like certain bands, like just didn't do that. I'm like, all right, whatever. So that yeah. was it. <laughs> I mean, that's the biggest bullshit part about it too. It's like, you know, what you were selling, like the CDs and all that, like years ago, I remember I bought like the whole yeah. discography and all that. And it's like, you did physical releases for everything. You had fucking different shirts and stuff. Atomic Werewolf. I got the vinyl. I got the t-shirt I wore it the other day. <laughs> it's like, it's like that's what pisses me off so much with shit. That it's just like, with that dude with the record label. It's like, I know you keep in touch. You might be friends. But at the same time, I know he was yeah, doing his I mean, job. Like I said, but... he's... Yeah, he's he's a good dude and everything. I just I, I don't know. I don't. I, but go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're good. I was just gonna say, like it, it's just it's such bullshit that it's like even when you're being cut from a different cloth, they yell at you to be cut from the same cloth as these other bands and keep it all uniform. Then when you do that, it's they want the opposite. It's like, dude, yeah. come on. You see, you see me. This is what you're getting. Like. Yeah. Do we have it or not? It's, yeah. It's, I mean, it's fine. I wouldn't be able to... It, it's not a sustainable lifestyle at the level that we were at. Yeah. It wasn't. The only reason it worked is because I was living with my parents. That's why it worked for so long. Yeah. You know? So it's either like something's got to give. Either the, the band has to break through and br- break through the ceiling and get to the next level or finances and everything needs to push through and this ceiling and get to the next level. But the stagnancy cannot stand. <laughs> yeah. It's the part that pisses me off the most. Like I haven't seen you guys. I obviously know the music stuff. I'm just like, it was fucking there. Like the passion, the well, music. Thank you. The Carmen, you were there. <laughs> I was there. I was at every show. (laughs) (laughs) Now, do you think maybe uh, your powder addiction is what kept you from being signed? Powder addiction kept kept us from getting signed? Is that what you said? Yeah. Do you think maybe they're like, this dude's addicted to the powder too much? I'm not. You know what? That that didn't even come into play yet (laughs) during that time. 
But uh, I'm at the point now where I'm just so like, I, I almost take really almost nothing, almost nothing seriously. And I've kind of always been that way. And, and the more, the older I get, the less I give a shit, which I didn't even think was possible, but it's pretty great. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's at the point now where I would just kind of lay into someone if they had interest in us after the fact, you know, the hypothetical situation of like, Hey, so-and-so told me about you guys and how, you know, he had interest in, or, you know, Roadrunner was interested and blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, I just caught word of you guys now. And, you know, I think you're great. I think you can, but I'll just be like, I don't know, man, these are my stipulations. I need to watch powder every single night before we go on stage in its entirety. Also, <laughs> I need in-ear monitors that just play powder even when I'm like during our show. So I can't hear me. I just hear powder. <laughs> I can't hear the fucking music. I need noise canceling Bose headphones directly in my ear playing powder. <laughs> I don't want to hear the crowd. <laughs> and for anyone listening, he does not have a problem. We do not have a problem. We're talking about Powder, the major motion picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might may or may not shown to what was it? Who was playing? Was it Devil Driver at the Static X show when we were watching it? Yeah, what's his name? The the coal chamber dude. Yeah. That's how that's how I know. That's my that's how I refer to Devil Driver. <laughs> Driver fan. I just know that it's like Dez's band. <laughs> yeah. So we're sitting there in the crowd waiting for Static X and just goes to me, hey, you want to watch powder? I'm like, yeah, sure. Also, okay. we're sitting there on a cell phone watching powder. Just yeah, listening to Devil Driver, watching them do their thing, but more importantly, also watching powder on my phone. Yeah. And then what was it? The bass player came over? The bass player guitars that had strings, but just Turned it around and yeah. they 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 watched it with us. It was magic moment. One of my favorite things to do at shows, man, is just like write something on my phone and like make it really big, or put powder on and then just like <laughs> the face the phone towards the band. Now, did you do that for Ramstein? Because you two were very. Oh, close. we weren't that close. You know, we yeah, we were right up against the barrier. We were whatever one person in front of us and then the barrier we're right there but they keep you set back quite a bit yeah obviously, for the pyro and shit but yeah. no what one time it's better at, at local shows like uh, or independent band shows i guess because you can get closer to the stage than at starland and stuff because i remember seeing um i don't know if you've ever heard of deadly nights the band deadly nights um but i saw them once at QXTs in Newark. Oh, I know QXTs. So I'm buddies with those guys, and you know I'm watching them do their thing, and I just felt like being an asshole for a second. So I typed something stupid in my notes, and then I screen capped it and, and enlarged it on my phone, and I faced it towards the bass player, and it was just like... <laughs> it just said, do you need me to go get you some soup right now? That's what... <laughs> <laughs> 
or something, something like that, something really fucking dumb, just to throw him off of his game. <laughs> I mean, it's good though because it's. A, I mean, being a drummer, it's like I'm not close enough to see that shit. But like, yeah, that that I, wouldn't affect but, you. <laughs> but like, I there's so many times I'll look out into the crowd and just try and fixate on things and like i remember with stitches the one time my brother and i put together these pinatas out of foam coolers and just put break me on them and they were filled with like uh like dust masks condoms candy spider rings i remember you guys used to do a lot of weird shit i remember like you had um it was like pages from porno mags or something that was negative traction Oh, I'm negative sorry. traction was the porno. We just looked at them. Or did you guys? Or did you guys fire off like confetti? Or yeah, remember that's what it was. We were the confetti, <laughs> confetti A and lot. silly string. It was porno confetti. <laughs> <laughs> but the show we had these uh, things that say "break me," and they had like vampire teeth and stuff in them. And I'll never forget the one time I just oh, oh there, there we go, there we go. There we go. This one time, uh, like we did it and broke it open. Everyone scattering around the little pinata we threw out. Yeah, and just I see my one friend watching, just serious look on his face, enjoying. And they slowly just opens his mouth and exposes plastic vampire teeth from the pinata in his mouth. <laughs> but my brother and I caught it at the same time and just lost our shit. <laughs> we're like, dude, those were on the ground. <laughs> That's great. You know, obviously playing a lot of shows, you've toured and all that. What uh, what are some of your fond memories of touring and shows and stuff? Obviously, we talked about with Chuck. But uh, uh, that yeah, uh, well yeah, Chuck was a huge highlight, and then uh, we we played in 2015. We played our 10 year anniversary and like album release party for Fall of the Cicada. At we played at the Stone Pony. We had, it was awesome. It was really full circle for me because the first show I've ever played, the first like real gig I ever played, that wasn't like an open mic night kind of thing was at the stone pony when i was like 15 so then to come full circle and headline the pony so many years later was really cool in itself um but we had chud <laughs> chud came out to see us play and he came on stage and played drums this this was so stupid man this just goes back to me not taking anything seriously at all so i put him on the spot I don't know if you were there or not, but like I put him on the spot. I came off the stage with like my wireless mic and I was like, you know, I was like, yeah, we got Dr. Chud from the Misfits in the crowd. I like pointed him out and he was cool with that. He, he doesn't mind that kind of shit. And then I jumped off stage and I was like, yo, I was like, you want to do something? And he's like, what do you, <laughs> and he's like, what do you, he's like, what do you want to play? He's like, what do you want to do? Like, the shining or he's like i don't know he just started rattling off misfit songs obviously and i was like no i was like i don't want to do any of that i was like do you know born to be wild <laughs> he was like he's like what he's like that song's from the 70s man i was like dude you're from the fucking 70s <laughs> 
he's like he he kind of talks like that he's like he's like ah he's like all right <laughs> so yeah and there's a video of that there's a video of that on youtube so chud comes up and everyone's super excited like the audience is you know they're not freaking out but they're you know people are getting fucking loud like yeah this is crazy like what what like him being there was kind of cool for people, obviously, and for me. Yeah. And then he's coming up on stage with us, and people are like, "Oh shit!" I was like, "Yo!" <laughs> I was like, "Here's a Misfits classic for you. This one's called Born to Be Wild.'" Just as like a, it's kind of just like a fuck everybody, fuck all you people, but not really. But like, just I love just crushing the predictability. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I fucking love it. <laughs> i mean it, it, i wasn't there for it but if that i, I would have been all fucking for it because i, I would have been sitting there i'd be like oh what song is he gonna fucking play american <laughs> psycho dig yeah. up their bones what's gonna happen here yeah. here's bored to be wild i'll be like are you fucking kidding me right now <laughs> and i'd be all for it get your motor running <laughs> it was uh it was great man he fucking killed it <laughs> like i said you gotta you gotta look up the video yeah uh, afterwards but um so he came up and did that with us and then he also this was really cool and i didn't even notice it at the time we always called up people on stage or I, um ufo no because it's like our our hit that never became a hit yeah it's our hit that never made any money <laughs> Um, so like everyone at the 10th anniversary show, a shitload of people, probably, I mean, at least like 20 people probably came up on stage to sing it. And he, he came up to sing like one of my songs. It was awesome, but I didn't even notice it at the time. Cause there's too many people. I couldn't see him up there. And, but I watched the video afterwards and I was like, Oh shit, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so, awesome. That was a big moment, and then I feel like I skipped over this. Um, when I when I toured with with Michael Graves, when I was his bass player for three years, any show with him, any tour with him was it was a dream come true. It was yeah. fucking great most of the time, like ninety percent of the time. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> 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 I remember uh, you posted a status or something. I remember seeing it like fucking years ago about one of the tours with them where like his voice got messed up or something. And you did vocals yeah. for, I think it was like Saturday night or some shit. Like, yeah. In, in West Virginia. Uh-huh. That's a true story. I really <laughs> wish there was like a video of that somewhere because I feel like people don't believe me because that is weird. That's fucking weird. You yeah. know? Um. But yeah, his voice was fucked for probably four or five, four, at least four nights prior to this happening. And he was, we were right there, right on stage, ready to play it. And, and he, you know, put his hand over his microphone and he looked over at me. He's like, he's like, I need you to sing this. I'm like, I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you got it. He's like, you got it. He's like, I'll do the backups. He's like, you got to sing it, man. He's like, I'm fucking toast or whatever he said. You know, I was like, all right. So I did. And it was fine. I'm, you know, I'm no, I can't, 
like I, I feel like I never give myself enough vocal credit. I really don't. I, I, I don't think I'm fantastic. I'm certainly no Freddie Mercury. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I always, I always classify myself in the sweet spot. And for me, the sweet spot is between Freddie Mercury and, and William Hung. And I'm, <laughs> I'm right in the pocket, dude. I'm right in the middle. <laughs> that's a good uh, pocket to be in well because it's like i have my good nights i have my bad nights yeah. i'm not classically trained i like i don't have any of this shit to that like background to, yeah. but it's like it's it's punk it's metal I, i'm not i'm not bad i know i'm not bad but i'm not like like no one goes no one ever came out to see us because they're like oh shit you ever hear him sing like <laughs> fucking <laughs> you ever hear the pipes on Johnny B. Morbid, dude? He can he can well. <laughs> to to my credit, though, I I do have a decent like lung capacity. I can the notes that I can sing, I can fucking sing. <laughs> yeah, I just don't have like a huge. If it were up to me, I'd be singing like power metal style. Uh, it's my favorite genre of music. I can't sing like that to save my fucking life. I've tried. <laughs> So many times I have no falsetto. My falsetto is is weaker than fucking uh, King Diamond. I hate I hate King Diamond fucking voice. And really? mine, yeah, yeah, because it doesn't sound like. It just sounds like he's like this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I I never knew that. Never it sounds that. like yeah listen to merciful fate or listen to king diamond shit fucking he blows i'm sorry he fucking blows he's got everyone fooled i think he just came out around the right time or some shit and they're like oh i never heard this it's like why don't you just listen to people that actually can do what he's trying to do which would be rob halford or even Chris dickinson don't listen to king diamond fucking blows <laughs> yeah yeah, Halford and Dickinson, they're they're a whole nother fucking level. They're those dudes are insane. I I'm 100 percent Halford. I actually don't really enjoy or prefer Bruce Dickinson's voice. I really don't. I don't I don't think he's bad. I yeah. just don't like his voice. I don't, I'm not into it. I like a lot of his era of Iron Maiden songs. I like a lot of it, but I I actually enjoy like Iron Maiden's first album more than any album overall with fucking Paul Diano on vocals. <laughs> Cause I was, I'm like listening to it. I'm like, Oh shit. Like I, I could have been the singer of fucking Iron Maiden, I guess. Like <laughs> when you listen to, when you listen to like the Diano era, oh, like, yeah. it, it gives you hope. <laughs> <laughs> if he could do it, I can do it. Kinda. I mean, he in his shit's like that era of Iron Maidens. It's like kind of rocking, man. It was like fun and like raw. It wasn't super dramatic or over the top, really. Not yet. Maybe Phantom of the Opera. That's a pretty intense fucking song. I, I love that. That's probably my favorite Maiden song. That, that song is fucking crazy. That, <laughs> that. So maybe I should eat my foot on on those on that one, but um. Yeah, I, I do love the Deano era. I love it. I'm always such a fan of like the bef the before the pre popularity eras of the bands you know and love and the songs of those bands that you know and love. 
And then, like, you always find out about this other shit after the fact. Yeah. Especially when I was growing up, I guess. It's like, you know, the internet wasn't the way it is now. It wasn't so easy to find out about shit like that. And I remember I just bought the first Iron Maiden album. I bought the CD at Warehouse Music in Tom's River. And it was used. That place was the shit. And it was used. And I was like, fuck it. I was trying to get more into them. I was like, I've never seen this one out here before. Uh, let's grab the, this one. I didn't even know. I didn't know it was the first out. I didn't know what the fuck it was. I just bought it. And I was like, like this does not sound like Dickinson. I was like, is this, is this before like he really honed in on his like vocal chops? Like, what is this? <laughs> and, and guy, it's like, I loved discovering shit like that. Even the first Slipknot album, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. there's a Slipknot album before Corey Taylor. And it's like, as a 14 15 year old you're like what did you just say <laughs> well that was thick. You tra- i tracked down like mate feed kill repeat dude on ebay and it wasn't super expensive at the time and i was like oh my that dude the first time i heard mate feed kill repeat blew my fucking mind it blew my mind i was like this singer is so weird this shit is so weird the music it was like fucking metal funk fusion and i'm like oh my god this is i love it i i'm one of the few people that love mayfield that's (laughs) i i got into slipknot late i saw them like at mayhem fest like 2010 2011 i saw them and that's when i got Uh into them i was like i need to check out more of their shit yeah and then I heard about Mate Feed Kill Repeat because I love the self-titled. I'm like, they're self-titled unmatched yeah. of anything. Yeah. That's and then my I'm, like, I'm like, what's Mate Feed Kill Repeat? And then also I listened to fucking Bitch Slap and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, what the yeah. hell? Like, it's all dancey. I'm like, this, I'm like, who destroyed Slipknot? <laughs> and that's coming from someone who loves the self-titled. Yeah. Like, that's. I just saw a copy of that on vinyl in Asbury Park. It was like green vinyl. I guess it was some sort of like reissue type thing they did years upon years ago. For Mayfield Kill Repeat? Yeah, because that was only it's... a CD release. So Yeah, the, any any of the vinyls are uh, bootlegs. Um, the CDs are super, super hard to come by. And a lot of the bootlegs are really, really well done. It's 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 hard now to tell which is which ones are real and which aren't but uh, back in the day it wasn't it wasn't that tough i mean they were it was like a hundred bucks at the time but now if you find a real one it's probably like a grand or something depending on the condition then well maybe not a grand but some people might be asking a grand (laughs) (laughs) you got Uh, a real one i had i had a real one i don't have it anymore but no, listen, I had the foresight, though, because at the time I ripped it. I ripped it into my computer and as uh, like the MP3 files from the actual copy. So I'll always have those. It doesn't bother me. Oh, it's what. And then <laughs> while we're going down the Slipknot rabbit hole, you ever did you ever hear of or listen to Modifidius? No. Mm, you should do that. Modifidius? Modifidius. It's M-O-D-I-F-I-D-I-O-U-S. Modifidius. That is Joey Jordison, 
Craig Jones, um, Josh Brainerd. Josh played. Josh was in the band before Jim Root. Josh played on the self-titled. All right. All right. So it's those three dudes. Josh sang lead vocals in Modifidius too. Craig played rhythm guitar or lead maybe. And I can't, I can't remember who was on bass. But it was like, you know, three out of four of them pre-Slipknot. Like 19, it was like early 90s kind of shit. And they only released one album. Really hard to fucking track down. But I found a dude in like a Slipknot group on Facebook. I had the shitty files years ago. I've been listening to these the shitty versions forever. And I found someone like a year or two ago that was selling an original copy. And I was like, hey, man, if I throw you like 10 bucks, can you just send me like a lossless rip of the files of this? And he was like, 15 bucks and you got a deal. I was like, sold. <laughs> fucking sold. So I have like the original lossless files of, of this killer. It's like thrash. They're like thrash. It's like a fucking thrash. Mm. And uh, and then I had my brother remaster it. The <laughs> <laughs> shit to be like pristine, and, and I love listening to the best quality possible if if I can help it. So, yeah, because dude, the the master levels on the original are so low, like really bad. So I had my brother remaster the Modifidius album, <laughs> <laughs> like just for me. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's killer shit. And then Anders, or Anders, however the fuck you say his name, the original singer, he went on to be in this project called Painface. Um, and Painface released an album in like 1999. I think it's just self-titled. So check that out if you haven't. If you're oh, into definitely. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'll never forget. My buddy biggest fucking Avenged Sevenfold fan. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, dude, come on. There's better. <laughs> but it took it took like close to 10 years of friendship that out of nowhere he's like, oh yeah, you gotta check out Pinkly Smooth. I don't even know what that is. It's uh Sinister Gates and the Rev. The Revs yeah. on uh piano and vocals. Revs on guitar and then they had other people playing. I got it. I'll send you it. There's a remaster on YouTube. Yeah. Holy shit. You listen to this and you're like, Avenge Sevenfold. Why'd they have to happen? <laughs> like, it was. What's funny about them, I love, I love Waking the Fallen. I do. Yeah. I always, I did. I did from when it, around the time it came out. It's, it's a really killer album. And then, I don't know. I fell. I fell off the, the wagon. I guess with or the boat, whatever you want to say, with them, until they released the stage, which came out just like what was that five years ago, right? Stage. I'm not too. I'm not too good with their albums. The well, stage. so the stage, the stage to me was the best thing they had done since Waking the Fall. The stage is really good. I think if you want to check them out again. Pretty awesome. 2016. And, um, you're, right. you're, a dr- you're a drummer. You're um are you familiar with Brooks Wackerman? Drummer? No. no. So he's got a pretty killer repertoire. He was first in a band with the dude who played Bobby Budnick on Salute Your Shorts. Oh he was the drummer of they had a band called Bad for Good. Which <laughs> dude, 
it was like diet skid row. It's actually pretty good shit. <laughs> they were like super young, but but really good. What the fuck else he did? But he was eventually the drummer of Bad Religion for a little while. And then he became the drummer of Avenged Sevenfold. And that's Brooks is the drummer on the stage. He's, I mean, okay, the Rev, I get like, I know he's the fucking best. But Brooks, just listen to it, man. The stage. It, right. It's like they threw him in the studio. He's like, they're like, you're our drummer now. Show everyone what you got. So they stopped talking about the Rev. And, uh, He's fucking fantastic, man. Brooks is great. He's really good. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll have to. I'll definitely have to check that. I gotta check out these uh, uh, Slipknot projects too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 You have to send me those remasters. How much? Maybe. How much you want? Five bucks? Seven bucks? <laughs> <laughs> also, you'll see them pop up straight from the Johnny B. Morbid yeah. vault. <laughs> yeah, kinda. download. (laughs) This motherfucker. For me, fucking worth it, man. Really. That that album is so... And I I just... I love having access to shit that not everyone knows about. It makes it feel more special to me. Like, it adds something to it. Like, right now, like, me telling... Getting to tell you someone new about it who didn't know previously... Like that's I, that's why I love digging deep and and shit like that. Just kind of like spreading the good word. <laughs> yeah. You want to listen to this? Here, come here. You want to listen? Come yeah. over sometime. You can hear it, but you can't own it. I got it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna like pull up outside of shows where people are waiting to get in in a van. I'll just pull up in a van and be like, "Hey, kids, you fucking like Modifidius? Come come in my fucking van." <laughs> you're, you're like the Martin Screlly of Modifidius. <laughs> I got this album you don't have. You'll never. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Well, you kind of. Um, and then there's one last Slipknot tangent I will tell you about. You might know it. Um, there's like an eight-song EP or album, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Stone Sour put out in the early nine. I think in 1994. You ever hear any of that stuff? Nah. I have it. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> it's in the van. <laughs> Yo, you ever hear about something? No? I no. got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Is it? And now with these, you're telling me all about them. I got it. I want to listen. Are they on like YouTube and shit? Like people ripped, ripped them. They don't have your master, but the thing about the thing about the Stone Sour. I, I was never really able to track down a great quality Stone Sour 1994 release. Uh, maybe now I, I haven't checked in a long time. I've had this shit a long time. So by now, maybe someone has something better than what I found. Uh, but their shit was on cassette, you know, and who knows how many times it was copied. And then, like, the version that was called Chain of Events, you know, look on some torrents or blog spots or the Slipknot groups worse than me, obsession-wise and, and rabbit hole-wise with their shit, man. That's how I found it, dude. That's what I'm saying. If you put it out there that you're looking for a decent quality stone set, I'll do it. Don't worry about it. I got it. I'll, I'll fucking... <laughs> I got you. <laughs> 
that's like uh because i like uh, on youtube i like watch i don't know if you've seen his shit uh aj good house of masks no no he deep dives into he's a mask collector but he specializes in slipknot like he'll, he'll have variations like oh yeah this was a joey mask he did for this show at this date that we found That's a picture cool. of, but he's part of a community where it's like, just like with the music, yeah, like it's like they dive into the mask portion and they're like, Oh, this is the mask from uh, like the Freddy vs. Jason premiere yeah. of Craig. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, where the nails are all rusted and shit from touring yeah. and they'll rust the nails and stuff. And like, just have every mask like That's imaginable. Really cool. His That's- channel is cool. And I love that shit. That's great. He like they even do like mate feed kill repeat stuff and all that, and they're like talk about all the shit with that. And there's um there's a I don't know if it's still around, but for the longest time, there was or maybe still is a site called mfkr1.com, strictly dedicated Slipknot site. Not official Slipknot, but dedicated solely to that era of Slipknot. The like all these rare photos, um, demos, and they used to have the demos like uploaded so you could, you know, left or whatever, right click and like save as like and download shit that they uploaded to their website back in the day. I don't know if that's still you can still do that, but um, like there was a demo. Oh my god. Uh they called it they referred to it as crows. C R O W Z. And yeah. dude, there are demos on the what they call the crows demos. There's a demo um of like me inside with with the old singer uh before like before they got Corey. There's uh what really fucking blew my mind. Oh my god, the um is duality where it's like dun 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 is that duality? Oh my gosh, yes dun 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 Yeah, that's duality, right? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. No, wait it's not, yeah. I think so, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm I'm one of them hardcore fans, you know. Like I like so I like psychosocial and shit. <laughs> um, but duality, right? That riff, that main vert, that that riff was originally on one of these demos before Corey was even in the fucking band. That's what's so cool about slipknot is like they almost never really threw anything away and and for a fan like me or someone even crazier than me they recognize this shit they they i i hear the callbacks to these old the the demo uh, i'm sorry not the demo give me two gonna fucking bother me god damn it <laughs> well you look it up the riff or no no it's um well, because I have I have it in in my phone, I can look it up. Like, like it's downloaded into my phone. The crows stuff. Oh, All right. right, so so execute, right? Execute is the the opening track, like a demo track on All Hope Is Gone. Yeah, 
Okay. You, you're familiar with that? Yeah. So execute is originally from Crows. Shit. That, that track, the exact same way you hear it on All Hope is Gone was on a demo from 97 originally. Holy shit. Isn't that fucking weird? They yeah. did that shit all the time. They did that shit all the time. And like the main riff for Sick, you know, the dun 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 Well, you've yeah. heard, you know, that's from Made Feed Kill Repeat, but they sped it up. Like they always did shit like that, which to me is really cool. I can't think of another band where you're like able to. <sighs> I, I think I got what you were saying, though, that uh, you can't think of another band that goes back far with that with their shit that yeah all of the surface for new well it's like there might be plenty of bands that do it but with slipknot it's it's traceable you can it's not like you just hear about it in an interview or read about it in an article in there you hear it on these old releases and then hear it again 15 years later on new releases yeah it's 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 fucking crazy to me i I don't know i just appreciate whatever that is (laughs) there's there's only one band i can think of but it's only one song not like consecutive like slipknot with all yeah yeah. mr bungle i forget what song it is but they do the riff for uh love is a fist that's off their self-title they do it in uh their original demo the uh wrath of the easter bunny you hear that you never gotten to mr bungle i tried to I tried oh. to many, many times, but I couldn't do it. I'm not like, I'm not one of those people who it's like, oh, Patton can do no wrong and everything he touches is gold. I used to be like that. And I'm like, man, I don't know about Peeping Tom. I don't know about Tomahawk. I'm like, eh, I don't know about Fantomas. I think I'm just like a Faith No More guy. And that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. with him it's like primarily faith no more and bungle for me you yeah. know t- t- tomahawk's right. good phantomus is good but like peeping tom i never really checked out Mon- <laughs> M- mondo kane there's one song i fucking love oh, the rest, yeah. the rest I, of it i don't really listen to yeah I, I gotta revisit it it's been a while but like yeah i remember there only being one song that like i was into oh i'm like, sorry i'm sorry it's it's faith no more and the EP he did with Dillinger Escape Plan. Yes. That's it. That's what it is. And that for me, Dillinger to begin with, but that for me is like, that is the Dillinger effort, period. Uh, and then a lot of the stuff they did with Greg is awesome. I get that. But it's like, you hear a lot of the stuff with Greg on vocals and you can't help but draw similarities to the stuff that Patton does or did. It's like, all right, I'll just listen to that EP. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> but um, option option paralysis is very good. Don't get me wrong. I think that's one of their better efforts for sure. Um, but I but that EP they did with Pat and was it irony? Irony is a dead scene. Irony is a dead scene. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Oh, it's so fucking good. great. Hollywood Squares. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, my God. Oh. I'm gonna listen to that now. When good dogs do bad, and good dogs. Oh no, it's frozen again. Oh, day again. Yeah. Maybe yeah. if I move. Oh, <laughs> oh, 
Oh shit! Now you're frozen upside down. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we're we're over an hour. We'll, All right, we'll wind it down. Yeah, you know, sure. I got I got some editing with it. There's uh, th- is there anything you want to add before we hop off? Well, is there anything you want to add? Say to the kids, aspiring musicians. Uh, <laughs> don't put Twinkies on your pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have a backup plan have a backup plan don't be the victim of your own delusions I love and it. Uh, and that's it <laughs> oh yeah i'm for it but <laughs> <laughs> i feel it but all right johnny carmen this is a section of the show that we uh Slow things down and go for a little drive. We call it ego trip. Basically, with the ego trip, I know you said you don't like to suck your own dick, but you're about to because (laughs) everyone can't see it. But he shook his head, came in crystal clear. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh, uh-uh. But basically, this is just where you plug wherever people could check out. You know, Johnny B. Morbid and everything. Where can they listen, check it all out? You You don't have to suck too much, just fiddle the balls a bit. (laughs) um all major uh digital platforms all all albums all all of the johnny b all the johnny b morbid music music. all music whatever everything's on Bandcamp too if you're into that um and then yeah i got i got an ep coming up that'll be out next year at some point five or six new songs one of them is available to listen to now exclusively on youtube <laughs> the hot the hot new single <laughs> johnny b morbid on youtube red dropping on youtube red <laughs> <laughs> but yeah thanks for taking the time it was cool chatting with you i'm sorry if we flew off the rails like way more than we should hey. have but uh it was really fun talking to you man no it's fun talking to you too and it's all good we go on tangents here and uh the last episode, my buddy Pat and I, we went off the rails too, so it's all good, and uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, and as you all know, I'm Nicholas Christian. Find me cat at cat. Find me at the cat. Find me at Colt underscore Sure underscore on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Terror underscore Tunes T O O N S underscore TerrorTunes.bandcamp.com. All that shit. You fucking know by now. And yeah, check out some Johnny B. Morbid and Atomic Werewolf stuff because it's fucking rad and it's great. And so are you, buddy. Thanks, man. <laughs> likewise. Likewise. Hey, thank you. All right. It was nice chatting. You too, dude. I'll uh, see you I, around. I right, take care, everyone. I'm going to go watch Powder. And here to play us out on episode 18 of the Culture Podcast is Johnny B. Morbid with their song, Blast Off. I want to be judged, I want to be tried, I want to be ridiculed, I want to be taught to hate my fellow man, I want to be judged, tried, and ridiculed, I vow to hate you all the best I can.